Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com DNVR and we are live from Studio A here at the DNVR bar and today the A stands for all a charade question mark <laughs> that's the question I want to ask you guys in a second uh, but first I want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor MSU Denver online MSU Denver.edu slash online where you can go to scope out all they have to offer and they have a lot to offer 750 total classes 45 plus online and hybrid programs and there's no better place to go if you're looking to work a full-time job while furthering your education, then MSU Denver, because MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other college institution. Real quick, guys, I want to ask you something. Uh, four teams left in the playoffs. You've got the Los Angeles Rams. You've got the San Francisco 49ers. You've got the Kansas City Chiefs. And you've got the Cincinnati Bengals. So that would be Zach Taylor, Andy Reid, Sean McVay, and Kyle Shanahan. What do all four of those guys have in common? Well, they're all offensive side of the ball. <clears throat> yes. Specifically, they're all some branch of the West Coast tree. Yes, exactly. And then I'll even go further. Uh, oh, it doesn't apply to – okay, so Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Stafford, um, uh, Joe Burrow, and Patrick Mahomes – Three out of those four top ten picks. Well, and on top of that, <laughs> all four of them have massive investments from their team because Jimmy G, of course, was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL when he got his deal. And who's behind him? The third overall pick. Exactly. And if you want to go even further on this, when we look, look at the head coaches, three of the four first-time head coaches, three of the four those guys came into really bad situations. They, it's not like they came into great situations. Uh, Zach Taylor had to take the Bengals from being nobodies to something. Uh, the Rams, Sean McVay, came in from a pretty bad situation, both on and off the field with everything going on there, and he built them up. So you don't have to have experience, even if, if you need some culture changes. That can happen from young guys, and three of the four, 
42 years and younger. Yeah. So now they're now of course 26 NFL head coaches at the end of the season were first time head coaches and six were retreads. So you've got three of 26 that made it to the final four, one of six made it to the final four. It's actually roughly the it's roughly the same rate. The offensive coaches thing that that's been yeah. really sticking with me is all four. No matter what, you're going to have a champion, uh, a Super Bowl of offensive coaches. All of the championship games are offensive coaches. And then, uh, you know, the other thing I was thinking about is ranking kind of what's most impressive. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan, you have to give him the most. What he's done here is the most impressive, in my opinion. Second would be Zach Taylor uh, taking the Bengals with the help of a number one overall pick. Uh, third would be Sean McVay, in my opinion. And then fourth would be Andy Reid. I mean,. You get a unicorn like Patrick Mahomes. You're kind of expected to make the championship game every year, in my opinion. He picked the unicorn, though. He picked he and developed the unicorn. He did, but in terms of... You can't discount him for that. No, I'm not discounting him. Huge not assist to John Dorsey on that, though, because Mahomes was a Dorsey pick. Yep. And so, I mean... Kyle Shanahan's yeah. the one that hurts the most um, because he was... You could have had him. And to me, now that he's done this twice... I think he really deserves, you know, his flowers in terms of of what he can do as a coach. Doing more with less. That's the thing. I mean, you've got uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. If he were in Denver, what would he have done? We'll find out he, next year. Stay tuned. <laughs> were you about to say you disagree? I was going to yeah. say I disagree, but I'm going to go a little different route. Josh Allen was the biggest miss that the Broncos had. Oh, well, my yeah, gosh. I, I was just yeah. talking about from I know, a coaching I know. standpoint. But that this weekend, it was clear that Josh Allen has been the biggest miss that the Broncos maybe have ever had. Instead, they got a solid uh, edge defender yeah. in, in Bradley Chubb. Boy, was that game last night incredible. Probably the best playoff game I have ever seen with, you know, what, 25 points scored in the final two minutes of the game. Just mm -hmm. incredible. Just when you think Josh Allen uh, ha has won the game, Patrick Mahomes comes back, and obviously overtime needs to be fixed uh, because also, you like, need to see yeah. both quarterbacks mm -hmm. get the ball. I, I, you remember last week we were talking about you'd rather have Allen or Mahomes, and I said, uh, until I see Allen show me the clutch factor – I got to go, Mahomes. Even in the loss, I'm switching my take to Allen. Well, he showed the He was let down by his coaching staff, right. in my opinion. He left the field with a lead and never took the field again yep. because yep. of the arcane overtime rules. By the way, the worst argument that I've heard for preserving overtime rules, did you see what Dean Blandino posted? <laughs> no. I did not. Okay. He says, quote, NFL overtime rule adheres to the theory that the game can end at any time on any play. Don't leave your seat. It maintains all three phases, and anyone can be the difference. Agree the coin toss is arbitrary, though, so give home team the choice in the postseason. They earn it, unquote. couple of things. First of all, does he really think that people are getting up out of their seats if you've guaranteed <laughs> that both teams have one possession? No, number one. Number two, if you truly want to involve all the phases on each team, you have to guarantee one possession for each team. Yeah. I hear the argument say, being said, oh, well, the Bills should have stopped them. You know, the Chiefs gave up 36 points in regulation, too. Yeah, exactly. Their defense should have had a part in determining that game. Instead, Kansas City's defense, which played lousy, especially at the end, got completely bailed out by a coin flip. Yep. And that is just freaking wrong i don't understand anyone who's defending it like it's, i haven't it's, seen yeah. anyone defend it oh, oh, oh i have yeah. look oh, at oh, me I your have. mentions <laughs> <laughs> i don't understand it i like 
it, it just shows me that people just want to will argue about anything. No one actually likes those rules. There's nothing. It doesn't. You can't argue that it makes the game better. Anyways, we can talk about that all night. Uh, uh, maybe we'll save that for an offseason pod. <laughs> the Broncos have one of those offensive coaches in the building right now. Yes, they do. Nathaniel Hackett getting his second interview today, exactly as I predicted last mm -hmm. week. We'll see mm -hmm. if it all follows the timeline. I said Hackett Monday, Quinn Tuesday, press conference Wednesday announcing Quinn. I don't think uh, Kevin O'Connell ever actually gets his second interview. But if they do, said this to Zach before the show, if he does get the second interview, I will... I will um, concede that it wasn't all a charade, even if they end up hiring Quinn. Well, what do we? What have we heard this whole time from George Payton? They're going to have an exhaustive search. We've seen that so far. Ten coaching candidates. They've gone to seven different cities. They've taken nine flights over two weeks. They have made it exhaustive, especially with that list of ten coaches. They've explored a variety of different guys, people with experience. I guess only one person with experience. A lot of inexperienced coaches, offense, defense, CEO type, uh, offensive masterminds. They've done all that. But for me to totally be convinced, this group of finalists, which is narrowed down to three, Nathaniel Hackett, Dan Quinn, and Kevin O'Connell, you have to give them all a second interview for this to be exhaustive. George Payton said he's not going to rush this. Okay, if he's serious about that, then he's not going to rush it, and he's going to give the, co the only coach that's left in the playoffs a shake next week. Okay, yeah. but hear me out on this. Let's say Dan Quinn does come tomorrow or Wednesday or whatever. But let's just, for the sake of argument, Dan Quinn's in the building tomorrow. And George Payton says, look, you're the leader in the clubhouse, but I want to wait for Kevin O'Connell to give him a second interview. And Dan Quinn says, if that's the case, I can't promise you I'm not going to accept the Giants job. Isn't that what Dan Quinn should say? Yes, he it shouldn't, is. He shouldn't sit, sit he back has, and so say, then, I'm He has hand right now. He's got the Giants. The Giants job could be in play, although Brian Dayball is getting a second interview today, so that may not be in hand. Uh, the, the Vikings well, job is another possibility. Well, Mike Klisch just put out on Twitter, and anytime he, he says something, we got to pay attention. He just said, Hackett being in the building today, being the first interview means that he's the front runner, or could mean that he's the front runner. Dan Quinn is supposed to come in later this week, but if things go well with Hackett, Mike Kliss is implying that Hackett doesn't leave the building without a contract now. So if, Ryan, if, if Dan Quinn is the front runner, why would they let Dan Quinn go to New York today? Why wouldn't have they said they had this whole weekend? They didn't have to sit back this whole weekend and have discussions. Why didn't they say, Dan, come in Sunday night. We're going to give you a contract. Why didn't they do that? I mean, there's a potential that the Giants asked first for the, sec the second interview on Monday. There's also the potential that Dan Quinn got both offers to go for a second interview on Monday, and he said, "Hey, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give the hometown team the first shake." Well, I he think also, this is his first interview. With oh, this the is first. Okay. Yes. Um, he also may look at the Giants as being, I mean, looking at his own interests. He's been in the NFC East. He knows what the landscape looks like. He may look at the Giants as, especially if you don't manage to make a trade for an elite quarterback, the Giants as having a quicker path. Does it change? Yes. Uh, is it is it suddenly that Dan Quinn is interviewing the Giants? Oh, of course. Now that he is, now that he has multiple jobs that interviewing like him. the new GM, I think a little bit. Yeah, I mean to he, find out if there's if they can kind of get along because he knows he's going to have rapport with George Payton, but does he have does he have rapport with, with Shane? That's the thing. I mean, he's, so maybe he's it's the hottest case, candidate right now. Right. So of course he's the one with the power. So maybe it's a case where Giants came to him last week and said, "Hey, we'd love to interview you on Monday." They did. They did. They it, had that set up on Friday. Right, and so. Mm -hmm. Maybe the Broncos wanted that, and he said, hey, look, let me go do this interview with them, hear them out. I'll come back Tuesday or Wednesday. 
Yeah, and that could be the case. Uh, but what the Broncos are also rolling the dice on is kind of what Mike Kliss was alluding to about Hackett. The Giants could say, we love this guy. Mm. And nobody knows Brian Dayball better than the Giants' new general manager. Mm. He's coming from the Bills, so he knows whether it's a serious interview for Dayball. Maybe he's just tossing him a hand. And if he says, this Dan Quinn guy, he's the dude, I know Brian Dayball's not going to live up to him. So we're not going— Is this their first interview? For with Dan Quinn and the Giants, yes, mm-hmm. but they've and, had interviews with other candidates last week. Okay, okay, yeah. So um, it's but, the first one with Dan. So they. Well, what could... about with Shown? Is that his name? Um, is I Shown think or Shane? I think it is. Yeah. Is he is really going to go Kale one and done? Kale, he could. Shane. He could. Shane. Okay. Joe Shane. He could. Yeah. He could go one and done. If that is their guy, I mean, it's what you're saying, Ryan. You don't want. If you think that Dan Quinn is the Broncos guy, you're saying. They, they don't want to let him leave the building. How so it, that's, that would be the same with the Giants. How can you know he's your guy if it's your first ever interview as a GM? Well, because mm-hmm. you're not the only one making the decision. Here, I do believe John Elway, or not John Elway, mm-hmm. uh, Pat, uh, uh, George, George Payton, Payton is truly making the decision. Mm-hmm. May not be the same in New York. Is that a Freudian slip? They may have been. <laughs> <laughs> John Although, is sitting in on he, the meetings. He, he's not, yeah, he's in on the meetings. So is Joel. Via Zoom. I actually understand why Joel is in, because his role would be if the coaching candidate has any questions about the ownership situation, yep. he's the one who he's the one who's best equipped to answer that. Joe Ellis is the owner of the team right yeah. now. Of course, he should be in I on don't, the interviews. I think I think he should be there in person. I don't have a huge issue with it, but Elway. come on, he's still the owner of the team. He's got to be there. Yeah, it's John Elway. Where he's I'm like too tired. Uh, man. <laughs> man, Elway's Elway's contract is expiring. That's that's you're the, paying him. Might as well have him sit in on him. Yeah. Put him to work. Yeah, I don't I, think I, I, I don't want either of them there to be honest. But I can, um, see, but I can see the logic behind Joe Ellis being there. Yeah, I mean, for, for that specific purpose, because, sure. You know, because that's he's going to be able to answer questions on that that no one else in the room can answer. And the other thing is, if you're a coaching candidate, one of your first questions is probably going to be about ownership. what's going to happen with ownership. Not always. I mean, they're, well, not always, but sometimes that is. So let me ask you this. Do you believe Mike Kliss? Do you think there's a chance that the whole thing ends today? No, I don't. I don't think it ends today, and I do think Nathaniel Hackett goes home or goes somewhere else, but Nathaniel Hackett isn't as hot of a candidate as Dan Quinn, and I think that plays into it as well. And unfortunately, uh, Kevin O'Connell's the biggest dice roll of this all he's the biggest gamble that the broncos could have and he's the one they'd have to wait for if they wait till next week then that clearly means kevin o'connell is is the front runner in my mind yeah i think so too and like i said if they wait till next week i'll say i'll i'll put my guns down and say it was never a charade it was never predetermined even if for some reason dan quinn doesn't have a job by then they interview kevin o'connell and then hire dan quinn i'll still say it was a real search yep because that means for six days they allowed Dan Quinn to be on the open market and potentially get hired by someone else. Well, here's the deal, though. If you wait until next week, what you're saying is we are okay with Kevin O'Connell because even no though Hackett's what, yeah. not a hot name, he could reemerge in Miami, for example, if they don't go yeah. with Vance Joseph, who a lot of people think is going to get that job. Which, yeah, you got to be kidding me. Is is wild on on top. Well, it's again, but it's it's how it's it's a it's a sport and it's a business of relationships. 
Vance Joseph has good relationships in that building. They think highly of him as a person having worked with him as a defensive coordinator. And they're kind of banking on the kind of the theory that I espouse that you learn something from your first go around as head coach. And maybe you don't repeat those mistakes. So I actually see the logic in the Dolphins looking to Vance Joseph. But that being said, Hackett's on, on their radar. Hackett could be Hackett's interview with Jacksonville could be on their radar. So the point being, if you wait until next week, you could lose Quinn. You could lose Hackett. So you only do that if you have learned enough about O'Connell from that first interview to say we're comfortable with him being our head coach. I think it's I think it's many steps further. I think it's you are he's your front runner without a doubt, and you want him to be the guy, and you have to sell him on being on coming to Denver next week. If that's the case, just because of what you said, Mace, they could absolutely lose both of these guys in the next couple of days. And wouldn't that be something if the Broncos go into next week with one finalist left? One fi- th- That could very well happen because they're down to three right now. These other two guys get hired away. You're down to one finalist, and Kevin O'Connell's coming in, and you got to sell him better, on everything that's going on. Unless you better get out on. the checkbook. Yes, unless you bring Jonathan Gannon back into the chat. Well, but that's what I mean. I mean, yeah. they've already eliminated these guys, so yes, they mm-hmm. could do that, but what a slap in the face. George Payton's first head coaching search, and he has to call back a guy that he's already said no to. Mike McDaniel. Uh, it, Let's go. It, it, it could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. O'Connell is? Yes. Uh, or Cannon. Gannon. Gannon. Oh, Gannon. Right, Gannon. right. Yeah. Well, I, again, Gannon's off the Broncos board right now. It, it's it's down to these yeah. three. Uh, but also with this, though, guys, is why would you have Ken, Kevin O'Connell be a finalist right now if you weren't going to have a second interview with him? If you were just going to hire Dan Quinn in the next 24 hours, why, why wouldn't you have just called him and said, you know, great job on your playoff run we're pulling for. We really liked you. We're going to go in a different way. Because they're not even going to give him a look. You I keep think, the door open as long as possible, I think. Yeah, There's no I, reason not to. I think that they – well, first of all, I think that they're potentially afraid that they lose these other two guys. Not because they don't offer them the job, but because they want other jobs. Mm. Um, so maybe you offer Hackett the job today, and he says, I, I can't turn down a potential opportunity to coach Trevor Lawrence. I, I can't take my name out of the, the fold there yet. Yep. And then you're like, oh, shit, okay. And then tomorrow, Dan Quinn says, I really like you guys. I really want to work with you guys, but I want to hear out what, what the Giants have to offer. That's my hometown team. So now what? Now what are you going to do? Yeah, it's um, a great point. Uh, so and, I think that's a part make, of it. It does make sense to me. So well, yeah. d- don't close the door on him. And then the yeah. other thing is you're probably having these conversations and you say, man, who are our top three? And, and O'Connell's name keeps coming up and coming up. And, and you say to yourselves, are we really going to eliminate him because he call, because he helped call an amazing game yesterday yeah. and dock yeah. down Tom Brady? Like, are, are we kidding ourselves? We can't do that. I mean, the Rams' yeah. errors were errors of execution. They were fumbles. They weren't errors of coaching. No. They weren't errors of game plan. Four yeah. fumbles in yeah. the game. And Woo! then the, I mean, the snap that went past, uh, you know, the Matthew Stafford. That, that was insane. That was insane. That's not on Kevin O'Connell. That's not on Sean McVay. That's that's a screw up. That's a center screw up. I and mean, uh, and that's and and, it's, and that's why you look at the at these performances and you say, okay, if things go wrong, who's it on? The we, Rams. Nothing that went wrong for them yesterday was on the coaching. Would you guys? <laughs> Oh, oh, this not, this uh, word popped up a lot in the Madden chat last yeah. yesterday. Scripted. 
if Tom Brady came back to win, would you have had some doubts about the NFL being scripted? Because I would have. No, no, I just I would have again said that Tom Brady's absolutely the goat. I, I would have. He yeah. has some crazy magic going on his side. I would have pointed out that in 1992, the Ram the Rams trailed the Buccaneers 27-3 on Sunday night and came back to win that game, and I would have said. Nearly thirty years later, turnabout is fair play. The thing is that's, that, like, that's what that's. So I wouldn't have said it was scripted. all the mistakes that the Rams made looked so, like it could have you could have scripted that, you know, like someone could have easily said like, hey, snap the ball past the quarterback, like that's something that's an easy way. Fumble. Jalen Ramsey felt line. like he gave up on that yep. deep ball to Mike Evans. I was like, this is weird. I never want to believe this, uh -huh. but if the like, I was still fighting the urge, yep. but I was like, if this ends in a in a Bucks win. I won't be able to completely keep that thought out of my mind. And then Todd Bowles decided to, to dial up a blitz and leave Cooper Cup in man coverage, and he gets past Winfield. And I mean, we got to stop doing man coverage in late game situations. When will they learn? No one. When will they learn? No one had a better day than Matthew Stafford. He went from everyone saying, "Oh my gosh, this is this is the last person you want in this situation." The guy that's only won one playoff game to then overcoming the odds and beating Tom Brady when mm -hmm. everything was going against him. What an epic playoff weekend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I, probably, weekend I don't think it NFL can ever history. be beat. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Uh, like, the fact that the most anticipated matchup was last, yep. and every game was a banger to that point, and then somehow it outperformed all of them. It's yep. like, mm -hmm. you can't, you couldn't script it yep. better mm -hmm. if you were the <laughs> NFL, uh, except for with better overtime rules, because and, that's the thing, is a great weekend ended with everyone complaining. And there was something for everybody. You had... Saturday, it was about the defenses, right? So those who favor more kind of old school football, you know, the, the, the Titans are trying to pound it on the ground. Their, their defensive line is just absolutely dominating at the line of scrimmage. And then, of course, Saturday night, it's a defense. It is a defensive struggle. I mean, the 49ers don't win in any way, shape, or form because of their offense. And then you get to Sunday, and then you get the fireworks. So whatever kind of football you favor, you got some, and you even got special teams having huge impacts on games. Yep. As we saw Saturday night, as we even saw Sunday, it goes to overtime because Harrison Butker had a really bad day. And if the Chiefs had lost that game, then the name on the tip of every Chiefs fan's tongue would have been Lynn Elliott, who famously had a bad game in the divisional round back in January of 96 and blew the Chiefs' chances as a number one seed that year. Yep. Very yeah. true. Um, all right. Before we move on, I got to say, uh, Saturday I was down here at the bar for the game and for the games. And it was awesome. Um, just top to bottom. Everyone is into every game. Then the abs were on as well. That, of course, adds something uh, anytime you're here at the DNVR bar. But there was like one booth going for the Packers and another booth going for the Niners. Everyone's going for the abs. <laughs> it was just a great, great uh, atmosphere down here at the bar. And you got to come experience it. Uh, maybe you come this Sunday. Maybe you come down tonight for the abs game. Whenever you come down, you'll have a great time. You'll have some great beers. You'll have great company. And, of course, got to have that chicken sandwich. Mm. Got, an, got another great review this weekend. Uh, so come hang out at the DNVR bar. Have some great times. And check out our friends Michael and Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage. If you're looking to buy a home, if you're looking to refinance, they have got the best rates. And they've got the best service 
to guide you through this difficult process. They want to take the stress off of you. So whether you're looking for it to, to buy or refinance, you got to give them a call. Give Virginia a call directly at 303-257-6578 or visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. They've got a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you go to dnvrmortgage.com, you'll enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. And most importantly, you'll get set up with a free consultation. Yes, a free consultation by giving them a call over at dnvrmortgage.com. And they looked at more than just your interest rate. So make sure to check them out because they look at your entire financial picture at dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. Arcades, you have Breck Brews while you were hanging out here Saturday? Of course. What did you have? Uh, I had one Mountain Beach. Mm-hmm. It's a little blurry. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Several good. Thank you, Kale. So if you're, several good company seltzers. You know, there's a there's an old beer slogan for another company that says it's the one beer to have when you're having more than one. So if you're having more than one, are seltzers the thing to have? Particularly good company hard seltzers. That's kind of the new thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For you know, you want to have a couple buckets worth. Um, like we did buckets. Yes. One, a bucket, like a bucket for one person. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> it depends on how long you're going to be here for. Oh my, wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, anyway. a bucket's only six. Yeah. So what's your, your favorite hard seltzer flavor? Ooh, I switch. I was originally all about the honeydew and then yeah. I think I overdrank it. Um, now I really like the mountain berry. Ooh, okay. That's yeah, nice. Honeydew is really good though. It is really good. So you have mountain beach, you have mountain berry. That's it. Sounds like a pretty good way to spend a Saturday. You probably mix those two together. You probably Ooh, would. New RK special. Another RK special. Yes. Well, you can get all that, of course, from Breckenridge Brew. You can get those good company heart seltzers. You can get the full array of Breckenridge brews, of course, right here at the DMVR bar. You can get the full array of Breck brews, of course, down at the farmhouse in Littleton, their restaurant at their brewery. It's right off Santa Fe. But if you want to get Breck brews wherever you are, check out the Breckenridge Beer Finder on their website. You're going to probably find out you're not too far from some place that has some of those brick brews or some place that has some of those good company hard seltzers. So check that out and uh, get in on the fun. You can be anywhere in the U.S. And, pro- and have a little taste of Colorado when you find out where you can get Breckenridge Brews near you. Check that out today. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of the MVR. All right, guys. So we talked a little bit about Hackett, a little bit about all these guys. I just want to, let's just reset here. Where do you think this is going, Zach? Mm, it Dan Quinn's the front runner until he's not right. <clears throat> nothing, okay. nothing has showed me that he should not be the front runner. And the reason why Nathaniel Hackett's here today is because Dan Quinn already had this interview set up with the Giants. And so a little credit to George Payton about not rushing this, not forcing Dan Quinn to come in on Saturday or Sunday to get him the job before he goes out to New York. That also means that he's okay with losing him. Or it also means that in that interview that they had last Wednesday, they both agreed, yeah, we'll go through this process, but we are each other's guys. We're going to go forward with this. But Dan Quinn, absolutely still the front runner. I think he's definitely the front runner. Of course, the question for him is who's the offensive coordinator going to be? And that's where you start evaluating the experience that he brings and who his coordinator is versus the two other offensive minds that are finalists in this. If Dan Quinn's idea is, hey, Luke Getze is going to be my offensive coordinator or Mike McDaniel is going to be my offensive coordinator, then you have a chance maybe to kind of get the best of all worlds. You get the experience factor that he would bring in from being a previous head coach and you get the people that are tied to offensive philosophies that work, that offensive that offensive mind in, in the case of Getze, maybe somebody who brings you closer to potentially trading for Aaron Rodgers because Rodgers, 
you know, based on what comes out from the, the reporters covering the Packers, apparently Rogers thinks very highly of Luke Getzey mm. and would embrace the chance to work with him someplace else. So I think that that's kind of the key thing. And also another thing in play is what is the plan on the, on the defensive side? Because bringing back the defensive staff for this season is something that is intact, is very much in play. Would Dan Quinn do that, or would Dan Quinn have somebody that he wants to be the defensive coordinator? I think with Hackett and O'Connell, it's more likely that they would look at the Broncos' defensive staff and say, hey, Ed Donatel, all the way on down, if you guys want to come back, jobs are yours. I hope they don't they don't hire a guy with that in mind about in terms of necessarily keeping the defensive staff. Uh, Ryan, are you so you're Dan Quinn as one as well? I think Dan, especially if he's talking about a Getzey or a McDaniel as his offensive coordinator, I think that kind of allows you to have the best of all worlds. <clears throat> I'm still Dan Quinn number one. I would put O'Connell number two, and I'm going O'Connell two as well. Yeah, and, and the reason being again, if they're willing to wait, which maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Um, then that means he's a really legit candidate in their eyes. I think with the first interview with, with Hackett, the first, second interview, you say like, all right, we really liked him. Let's give him a chance to blow us away. You know, like let's, let's give him one more chance. Um, and it feels like, I don't, I actually don't remember the last couple ones. Did any other people get second interviews in the last rounds or was it one round of interviews? Hire Joseph. One round of interviews. Hire uh, Fangio. It was one round. I know. I know with Vic, for example, they just kind of went. They went from place to place, and they did. They did kind of long interviews. They would have like one day for an entire yep. candidate, and then like with Vic Fangio, for example, they had a conversation, and they went out. Then they went out for dinner, uh, an Italian restaurant. Right. It was like a second Lake, interview in the same day. Right in Lake Forest, and then they came back, and he was the guy. And so. with Vance's round, I believe yeah. their first round of interviews were in in Denver. Yes. So yes. It, it was. Different where they weren't bringing him back again. They were just going to keep Vance here. Right, right, right. So this is a little different, but I feel like you would go second interview in reverse order. I agree. Um, I agree because you're okay now with letting Nathaniel Hackett walk out your building without a contract. And then and, if you yeah. if, if you interview Dan Quinn, and let's say you even interview Kevin O'Connell next week, and you want Nathaniel Hackett, well, then you fly him back in. And now we're talking eight, nine days beyond today. So I actually think having this first interview – hurts Nathaniel Hackett a little bit. Yeah, I will say this. I'm going to give a ton of credit to um, George Payton if he hires Hackett or O'Connell because I'll believe he actually went through an exhaustive search, mm -hmm. changed his mind from what he believed going into the search, all that stuff, and, you know, got with the times in the NFL and hired an offensive-minded head coach. That's like a, you know, it, that checks all the boxes for me of, okay, this is – you know, George Payton is the real deal in terms of he want he's, you know, uncovering every rock and all that stuff. I mean, the one thing you can say, like offensive minded, if the Bills win the coin flip and I think they probably drive to a touchdown, right? You have a defensive coach in the final four. Yes, you do. And Sean McDermott. I mean, so that's you also have the like unicorn quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> more so than Mahomes. I think he's more unicornish. Mm. No. No, I don't no. think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But, I mean, the, the, those, are the, those are the two best. I mean, yeah. and Mahomes has, you know, his own magic. But I think Allen has a stronger arm and better legs. I mean, you kind of look – that's the thing is, like, I just don't like getting too caught up in, oh, all four offensive or – because you can say, well, I mean, if the coin flip goes another way, you have a defensive coach. If Ryan Tannehill doesn't 
pick Saturday to revert back to being 2015 Ryan Tannehill. The Titans are hosting the AFC Championship game. I don't know, and that I don't think the Titans' failures on Mike Vrabel all that much. So that's uh, the, it's that's the thing. Like I think it's dangerous to kind of get into the whole. Oh, you must go offense because of this because the final four is offense. I think it shows. I think the, it's kind of a prisoner. I think that makes you a prisoner of the moment. I think it shows the the times of the NFL though. I when was the last time that three of the four uh, or I, sh- I shouldn't say that I should say. 30 years ago, 20 years ago, were three of the final four head coaches still left 42 years or younger? I think that show, I think that's a big change that's happening in the NFL is being open to younger guys, probably being more open to, to first-time head coaches as well. Uh, and just the game is going offense. And you're right, one play here, a coin flip that, that goes a different way. It's, it's not four or four, but it's three or four. Uh, and, and I just think that's where the game is going. And especially now with O'Connell and Hackett, you see fans out there. I think Dan Quinn is the third favorite. I think he's the least favorite of, of Broncos fans right now. And you don't hire based off, mm-hmm. off your coach at all. But, man, Broncos fans, if you want to get them really energized, you go offense. Sorry, I was just thinking back. I was like, what was it like in 1980, for example? I think in 1980 you had uh... – I believe you had three defensive coaches in the final four. In mm-hmm. the final four, well, that's what I'm saying. The game's so different. No, oh, is it that? Di- it, we're talking about one coach. You talking about one coach in the final four? It's defense versus no coaches this year. I thought and you said diff- three of the four were defense. No, yeah, no. you did say that. Oh, sorry, you I meant just, that. Yeah, yeah, I meant offense. But I mean, I, I don't know if that's if that's something that really is kind of ha- that's kind of changed all that much. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's just you got to get younger. You got to get better on mm-hmm. offense. You got to yeah. like that is. That that is what's going on in the NFL right now, mm-hmm. and you tried to zag while the rest of the league zigged, and here you are, you know, right back where you where you started. Um, so again, it all comes down to the quarterback. But if hiring an offensive head coach gives you a better chance at developing that quarterback, like <clears throat> Josh Allen got kind of lucky because he's had the same offensive coordinator since he got there, um, which is very helpful, you know. But you look at these other guys, Patrick Mahomes, same coach. Same head coach, same offensive coordinator. Like they've been able to keep these stable situations for these guys. And a lot of people talking about, hey, you could have had Josh Allen. And then, of course, there's a lot of people who disagree and say he never would have become that in Denver. We'll never know. But what I do know is that the Broncos should be trying to create a situation. This doesn't necessarily mean you have to hire an offensive coach. But you should be trying to create a situation so that if you do get your Josh Allen, you don't screw it up. You gotta be able to put these guys in a position where they can be developed. Not to say Drew Locke could have been that guy, but he certainly was not put in the best situation to develop as a quarterback. And so you you need to make sure that you're setting up a position. So if you do go and you draft Malik Willis this year, you're actually fostering his development and putting him in a good position. So where so you know if you have your offensive coach, you know that you can keep those things in place. As if you hire a defensive coach, you might be able to. Sean McDermott was able to do it. Um, but there's a chance that, hey, you bring in Malik Willis and Mike McDaniel and you've got this awesome thing going and the, all of a sudden the Broncos go from scoring 20 points a game to 30 points a game. And then all of a sudden Mike McDaniel's gone. You're right back to our, you, you know, right back to your search. For some reason, your development gets off and you messed it up. So that's why I lean so heavily offensive, but it doesn't mean you can't get it right. You just need to make sure that that's something you're really thinking about. How do we get a position 
to where we bring in a quarterback and we actually foster their development. Or maybe... Or you don't need to develop them and you get Aaron Rodgers. Or what if, you like, you go? let's say you go offense, and I, and I think that's a perfectly defensible perspective. If Kevin O'Connell and Nathaniel Hackett talked to Zach Taylor about his experience in Cincinnati, Taylor would probably tell them that the best thing that happened in retrospect was being really bad that first year and getting in position to get a great quarterback in the following draft. I'm not so sure that if you're the Broncos and you hire O'Connell or Hackett, I'm not sure the best. I'm not so sure the best plan long term wouldn't be effectively punt this year, accumulate draft capital, kind of strip it down for this year, and try to put yourself in position for younger Stroud in 2023. Certainly, and 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 I agree with you. I don't think that the Broncos they won't, would do that. They but won't man, do that. That, I mean, that. that would be the best thing. The worst thing to be is is average, and yeah. what you know, just below average is what the Broncos have been. So this kind of leads to to maybe the most important question of this entire coaching search. Guys, between the final three finalists, who do you think would do the best job at developing a quarterback? And obviously, it's not going to be Dan Quinn, but you can say who you think Dan Quinn's offensive coordinator would be. And that situation that, that Ryan laid out of you could lose that guy. I mean, it's interesting because you look at uh, Green Bay, and obviously Hackett and Getzey had Rodgers, but they also had Jordan Love. Love does not appear to be developing very well. So you could say the same thing about Jared Goff, right? I mean, I'm you can't look at either Hackett or O'Connell and say they have successfully developed a young quarterback. I mean, Jared Goff was fine; they maximized him, and but, that's the key word there. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. But you don't want to be in a position where you're saying, "Okay, we've got this average to lower mid tier quarterback, and we're trying to wring the most out of him." You want to develop a truly outstanding quarterback, a truly elite quarterback, because that's the only way you're going to be able to go punch for punch with the Bills, with the Chiefs. And I'd say you have to start throwing in the the Bengals now with Joe Burrow. So what I would – and this is a great question. Um, Here's what I go back to. If we're assuming uh, Quinn gets McDaniel, then you can make a little case there um, for the same exact case that I'll make right now for Kevin O'Connell is his scheme, their scheme, got a average-ish quarterback yeah, yeah, to the Super Bowl. Now, it failed miserably once they got there. Um, which and might then be San the Francisco's be, fate if they get to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G right. this time around. And, and the same thing happened to San Francisco. They got an average, I think it was a, a, above average that year, mm-hmm. quarterback to the Super Bowl with scheme. And to me... That is what I'll go with. So because we don't know for a fact that Dan Quinn is going to get Mike McDaniel, I'll lean Kevin O'Connell and say, if you call that scheme the right way and you do that thing, you don't necessarily need the best quarterback. Now, you saw when you went out and got a very good quarterback, well, now they're in the championship game, just like that. Um, so that, sh- that should be what you're thinking because the truth is none of it matters if you don't have the right quarterback. But – that 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 scheme, which is you know their cousins at the at the least probably brothers, um, they're maybe you could say they're variants and let's go vi- let's do virology, they're variants of the same vi- like they're so one is like the beta variant, one's the delta variant, one's the omicron variant. Yeah, and <laughs> and, and that and that uh, you know that virus is spreading quickly in the NFL because yes, it's the it best is. thing going. Um, <laughs> so 
because that scheme has that on its track record that you can get more out of less. And if you do get the right quarterback, then it really pops. That's what I want. So I would I would pick O'Connell. And Kevin Kevin O'Connell, he took a below average, probably a good backup quarterback in Jared Goff, brought him to the Super Bowl, obviously with Sean McVay's help, uh, and got the most out of Jared Goff. He maximized Jared Goff. Nathaniel Hackett has seemed to maximize Aaron Rodgers as well, but it does come down to the, okay, you weren't given a Hall of Fame quarterback. What what can you do there? And Maximizing so Aaron Rodgers to me would be like, Winning the Super Bowl every yeah, year. Yeah, I, I think okay. So, so it's didn't, more even, didn't he, even maximize him. So then, but he then, got as far with Blake Bortles as he did with Aaron Rodgers. Okay, yeah. See, fair, that's, fair. Okay, and that's so, the credit to Hackett is a Blake Bortles led team coming within four points of being in the Super Bowl. True, but then with O'Connell, so he maximized Jared Goff. He is now he right maximize. now he is maximizing or helping maximize. Uh, Matthew Stafford to be the best that he can be. He took he took Matthew Stafford from a tier two quarterback to a tier one quarterback this year. Jimmy G, tier two quarterback this year. If he's their quarterback next year, could he make him a tier one quarterback? Uh, he he has that in. <laughs> I think his... he's a tier three guy who's maybe. So, so sometimes he, so he looks moving, like tier two. He certainly didn't look like tier two on Saturday. He's moving guys up a level. <laughs> yeah. So he has maximized these guys. And so I'm going and, – and I I know you guys are a little more sold that Mike McDaniel would be the offensive coordinator here with, with, with Dan Quinn. Not necessarily sold. I'm just hoping. And I just think it's a little too hopeful in my eyes right now. So I think we're probably looking at someone else, maybe maybe a quarterback coach from the Rams or something, and it's a bigger step down for me. So Are you okay with Getsy? Because you could get him, and they couldn't, and Packers couldn't block him. You could, you could. Uh, I'm not sold on Luke Getzey mm-hmm. being the next great offensive mind. Uh, I, I where, yeah. whereas I am sold on Kevin. I mean, O'Connor. I mean that's fair. I mean, especially if 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 part of it is you're thinking about Aaron Rodgers, then Luke Getzey is someone that you have a conversation about. They, I mean, and I don't want to put. And the other thing is, I was hearing an, hearing an echo there. Um, I don't put too much on Luke Getze struggling at Mississippi State. I think actually part of his struggles were he was trying to do a lot of pro stuff that was a little bit too complex for what the college game affords you. And that was one critique that was that was pretty obvious and prevalent of Mississippi State's offense in 2018 was that it really it took a while for everybody to get on the same page. It did get much better at the end of the season, which shows that it was that what Getsy was was preaching was starting to click. But I don't think he would have those same issues with NFL players with the ability to have plenty of time in the classroom, not limited by the by the time constrictions that college football has on you. Is Zach Taylor the only branch off the McVay tree right now as a head coach? Matt Lafleur. Lafleur. Oh, okay. Well, can't really knock him. Most successful uh, young coach. Yeah. Although we I, just, yeah, it, I, I know yeah. he's a product of his quarterback, but I. I mean, the thing I don't on, have any yeah. proof yet. The thing, right. the thing on Lafleur is, you know, he's worked for Sean McVay, but he's also kind of a direct link to Mike Shanahan. Yeah, that's what I kind of have. And that, and that's why, like, you start getting kind of steps removed. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt Lafleur. They're the guys who have the direct link to Mike. Right. Right. But I guess and now you start getting with, with Hackett and then Getsy and O'Connell and even Zach Taylor, you're starting to get one step removed from kind of the, the OG of this who is Mike. But but here's the thing. I, I'm okay with not getting Mike Shanahan. I, I, I want Sean McVay. And that's I think Kevin O'Connell is the next Sean McVay. I so. take Mike Shanahan over all of them though. 
Like, well, if Mike wanted to come out of retirement, no, 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 yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd take him in a heartbeat. I'd take I prime not. Mike Shanahan over all of them. But. Sure, sure. And I mean, a guy with two Super Bowls, of, of course yeah. you're going to. He might be prime. The way he identifies I, coaches, you might say he's prime right now. Uh, uh, I, I he looked know. a little over the hill when we saw him at his uh, Ring of Fame induction. But what I'm saying is I'm okay not finding the next Mike Shanahan. I'm okay finding the next Sean McVay right now. Yeah, no, and and that's what I was kind of getting at. Um, Lafleur only really helps prove the point, even though I don't really think he's that good. Uh, it's hard to argue against him. Well, it's interesting. But it's yeah, Zach Taylor yeah. and Matt Lafleur. Those are the branches off of it. You can't. You you know, there's no knock on that. What's you our, want yeah. that? What's our conversation about Matt Lafleur at this time next year, if the Packers play this season without Aaron Rodgers? I mean, listening to uh, one of the, the, the Packers podcasts uh, that they do on The Athletic last night with um, Bill Huber and Max Schneidman, they were talking about, oh, what's the over for owner for Green Bay if they trade Rodgers? And they're like, six, six and a half, six. Yeah. I would take the under and if I'd it's take Jordan the, Love right now. Yeah, and, and they made the great point. It's a really good defense that's probably going to be intact, and they can run the ball. Hey, we've lived that here, haven't we? Sure have. Mm-hmm. And that's about mm-hmm. six and a half. Yeah, the one thing that might help them is that the rest of the division is a tire fire right now. It is. As opposed to what the Broncos faced. So I could see a scenario where Matt LaFleur squeezes out like nine wins and (laughs) sneaks in as the best team in a really bad division. And in that case, I'd be saying, Matt LaFleur, give that guy an extension if he gets nine wins with that lot, even in a crap division. I'll take back everything I said about him riding Aaron Rodgers' coattails if he can win nine games next year. Um, But it's going to be riding his defense. It's going to be kind of Brian Billick 2.0 got this offensive wizard who doesn't have the offense moving, but he's relying on everything else. They also got to get a new special teams coach. Well, my, go- my God. Well, I mean, there was uh, that's Gary Kubiak in 2015. Yep. Yes, he did a fantastic job managing Peyton Manning. That offense was not bringing him to the Super Bowl. Nope. It was an average offense, 16th in the league. You'd kill for that right now. That, that offense needed some energy. Maybe they needed some Strava Craft oh. coffee because not only would that have helped them with their energy, but it would have helped them with Peyton's aches and pains as he was getting mm. old and washed uh, as he was that season. How dare you say that? It's just facts. Uh, but he's he having the Peyton here, you'd say. All he needed was some Strava Craft coffee. Uh, get that CBD infusion that comes in your Strava Craft coffee. Not only, like I said, will you get that boost in the morning, but a lot of people say it helps them avoid those coffee jitters. Um, I don't personally get the coffee jitter, so I just like that CBD infusion that they have in there that can help with aches, pains, migraines, headaches, whatever it is. Um, so check out our friends over at Strava Crafts Coffee. Use the code DNVR for t- DNVR25 for 25% off your purchase at StravaCraftCoffee.com. You guys want 56 to 1 odds? Yes, I do. Yeah. Well, if you're a new customer at DraftKings, you will get 56 to 1 odds on this weekend's conference championship games. Just bet on one team to win, and if that team wins, bet 5 bucks, and if that team wins, you get $280 in free bets. That's how DraftKings is celebrating Super Bowl 56 coming up. They want you to start your account off with $280 in free bets, which you can then use to just continue to build your account. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code D. DNVR when you sign up to get this can't miss offer. And of course, you can bet on nuggets this week, abs. You can bet on anything and everything you could want. And so make sure to head to the App Store and use that code DNVR at check or when you sign up to get that offer. And of course, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1 800 522 4700. And guys, I want to get to my DraftKings sportsbook pick of the week right now because this 
is one that I love. I don't really love either of these spreads this coming weekend. Mm. So maybe I will as the time goes on, but you know what I do love? I don't, I don't love this from a Broncos perspective, but I just think it's going to be a Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl in L.A. You can bet on that. Yeah, so here's what I'm doing. I'm betting on Kansas City to win straight up, and I'm betting on the Rams to straight up parlaying those two together, plus 110. I, I think you might even be able to get better odds if you just go to, like, exact Super Ooh, Bowl. Oh, okay, okay. And then you probably think the Chiefs are going to win, don't you? Um, I do. Yeah, so you could get that. You, At you plus can, 130. Uh, Chiefs are plus 130 right now. Rams are plus 200. So that's another one you could do. You could go both of those together. I think you can do exact outcomes. So it's mm. Rams, Chiefs, Ra- uh, Chiefs win. Probably get that up near like plus 300. Ooh, I like that a lot. Yeah, here we go. Exact result. Kansas City Chiefs to beat LA plus 250. Mm, okay, I love that was it. close. I love it. There we go. That's mm. my pick of the week now. There you go. Um, I God, I hope that doesn't happen. But I really felt like last night, whoever won that game was going to win the Super Bowl. Yep. I mean, that was the AFC Championship game, in my mind, without a doubt. I don't know how anyone was going to stop Josh Allen. And I don't know how anyone's going to stop Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yep. All right. I'm going college basketball. You guys don't watch a lot of ACC basketball, do you? Can't say I yeah, do. You're more, yeah, yeah, you're more. Pac-12, SEC, or whatever the hell DU is in now. The summer league. <laughs> All right. Throw, well, throw my Rams in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there, there's a really good team. And what uh, certainly CSU and your Alabama Crimson Tide have in common is that they're both better than the mighty North Carolina Tar Heels right now, who are a tire fire, who have lost their last two games by 22 or more points. Oof. They're a four and a half point favorite tonight at home against Virginia Tech. Look, what, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Hokies. Mm. I'm going to take the Hokies to at least beat the spread and keep it close, if not potentially win this game. Look, you know, of course, Hubert Davis, first year replacing Roy Williams, and the Vultures are already circling after about 60% of his first season. But that's the way it is at a program like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the Tar Tar Heel Nation is not patient right now. So a lot of negative energy around them. Take the Hokies tonight. As a four-and-a-half-point dog. Mm, love it. I love it. All right. Uh, as you know, I never like to make anyone wait, so I will go with a pick tonight. Um, and I normally don't do this. I normally don't go to the puck line. But Colorado Avalanche are at home. They've won 15 straight Woo. at home. They're taking on the Chicago Blackhawks, who aren't very good. Um, and you can't really get any value unless you're willing to give up that extra hook on top of that one goal. So I'll say the Avs get it. If they don't blow them out, then they'll get the empty netter late uh, to give them the two-goal win. It's, it's minus 130, which is not great Man. value for a puck line. But you're talking about the hottest team in hockey, especially when they're at home. Uh, I'll take it and run. I love it. That, that home ice is cold right now. By the way, most successful weekend of my life at DraftKings. Hey, Sports. there mm. we go. Going to have to ride with you this weekend. Yes, there we go. Um, all right, let's move on here. We've got a couple Super Chats to hit first before we get into the comments, so let's do it. Uh, from Taylor, just love and support. Wow. Mm. we Right back at you, Taylor. Thank you for the love and support. <laughs> Thank you so much, Taylor. Very, very generous of you. And then just coming in here from Billy. Uh, if Quinn is hired and Mike McDaniel is the OC, who do you see being the best fit at QB in this year's draft for McDaniel's offense? Love the show. One thing I'll say about that, particular variant of the west coast (laughs) offense is it can kind of work with anyone um Mm. now there are better fits and and worse fits but look at who's there right now you've got jimmy garoppolo 
Yeah. And you have Trey Lance. I mean, two guys who are very, very different in styles. But both can really work in that offense. So it really depends on which one of those guys McDaniel likes better. Like, was he the one pounding the table for Trey Lance? Or is he the guy who says, hey, just give me this distributor like Jimmy G. Hopefully a little better version of that. And that, that would probably be like a Kenny Pickett. So. Yeah, it's interesting because you probably want some degree of mobility. And unfortunately, although Carson Strong has the arm the knee concerns might cross strong off your list here. And so I do think you, you pick it's a name that they, that they would look at, I think, and uh, uh, maybe even Sam Howell as well as somebody that they would look at with the with the deep ball accuracy. But, but also someone who's flawed because they're going to have to work on his clock for the pass rush because he does hold on to the ball a bit too long. Mm, I, think, uh, I think the best person for the Broncos with the number – or who I think they would go with the number nine overall pick if McDaniels is the guy – Traded for Jimmy G. Wow. The ninth <laughs> pick? Potentially. That's, that, and that's, here, that dude. scares me. Like, I'm fine with Jimmy G for a second round pick. Not even. And then you use the first round pick on somebody who gets you through, who is developing this year. I'm perfectly okay with that. If the Broncos trade but, the number nine overall pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, this, I, this, I'm quitting. <laughs> You're good. Watch out! You said whoa, that. When they, whoa, you whoa. said that about Kurt, or, uh, Case Keenum a couple of years back. No, I, th- I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that's what I said. Um, that that would be one of the worst Kale, moves I've ever are heard. We of. Saving that clip. Save the clip. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine overall for him. That is that would be a joke. That'd be malpractice. Yes. What what, mm. if, what if he beats the Rams? They're only a three and a half point underdog, and he's in the Super Bowl for a second time. Look, I don't want it. But you're not only getting a guy that was in a Super Bowl, but you're getting his offensive coordinator too then? I mean, I can definitely see a scenario where that happens. That that would be... 49ers don't have a first-round pick. They want to recoup one back. Matthew Stafford just went for two first-round picks last I'll year. They don't have a first-round pick. It's not a swap. <clears throat> yeah, no. Oh. I'm just not saying. I'm just maybe saying. You tra- I can't wait to dive into all these Maybe if they maybe give, you, maybe if they give the- Or they give you their first-round pick in 2023. Okay, they, don't have, I, they don't have that. Oh, they don't have that. No. I'll t- yeah, not <laughs> if the Broncos that. traded back with someone else to like 21 and then did it, I would at least entertain the idea. A top 10 pick for Jimmy G. You're insane. Oh, I agree. I agree. All right, let's move on. <laughs> let's got my blood let's, pressure let's talk that out of existence if we can. Yes, because please. that's just a horrible idea. And we got one mm. more super chat coming in <laughs> from Alexander. There we go. After watching the UFC 270 last Saturday between Francis Ngannou and Cyril Ghosn, uh, it's easy to think either of them could have been born in the U.S. They could have been pro linebackers at this point. What say you? Man, I, th- <laughs> I see Nganu more as like an edge rusher. Mm. Um, what a freak he is. Um, that's why I won all that money. Um, because every pick I made for the 48 hours leading up to that fight, I just parlayed with Nganu. Wow. Um, so I had like like seven parlays riding on Nganu winning that fight. And so that was epic. Wow. Um but, yeah, I mean, I think uh, gone, I mean, for sure. Both of them, really, I think, could be NFL players. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, the way they are, absolutely. Yeah. And Nganu, I mean, he's such a freak of nature that no one would want to face it. Like, if he's edge rushing, just be tossing. You just, you just get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, should we dive into the questions? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. First one from Bronco Oilers. Some info came out a little bit ago that the previous coaching staff was very aware of what was being said about them in the media, Pat Shermer in particular, <laughs> that. and that it was a big factor in the Broncos' route of the Cowboys. I'm glad he took it personally, but 
What was that? What was every other week? It also said that Shermer was loathed both inside the building and out. I never knew Shermer as a difficult guy based on his prior stops, but did he did strike me as even more uh, cur- curmudgeonly. curmudgeonly and standoffish than even Vic. With him gone, do you guys have insight on the internal sentiment about Shermer and his tenure? He was not liked in the building. And... But he would, seemed so likable in his press conference. Yeah. <laughs> I would say this is by this by the, by this season as it went on, that was a man who clearly did not want to be here. That feeling was mutual. Yes, I would say he is in need of a year off. Just get away from football, refresh, recharge. He just came, he, he came across as very burnt out by all of it. And I think if he does that, maybe he comes back and he's a, he's a different type of coach after that. But, yeah, that, 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 the, the negative sentiments uh, from what I've gathered are pretty spot on. And, honestly, it's for both of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, Vic Fangio wasn't necessarily loved in there anymore either. Um, but he was respe- – like, there was a respect. And, and Fangio tended to kind of – have have some more respect. <clears throat> there was I heard from a source that something that, that Pat Shermer said repeatedly every week was it's not the plays, it's the players. <laughs> to the players. <laughs> yeah, that's it's not quick, gonna win you over uh, yeah. many fans in the locker room. It's a quick way to, mm-hmm. to lose your uh, your team. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very quick. Yep. Next one from Coach Tobin. Minshew, get him in draft picket. I believe that's a good cost option no matter who the coach is. I would rather have Gardner Minshew than Jimmy Garoppolo. Same. I mean, with the investment, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Minshew costs you what? I think that's that's a more reasonable route if you're also drafting a quarterback Mm. than going after Jimmy or Kirk. If you get Jimmy or Kirk... You're not drafting a quarterback. Yeah. Those ba- are your dudes. I feel bad for Gardner Minshew that he keeps like he's always in this situation. Yeah, because I, I mean, his stats are really good. His stats. It, it does show you though that something's not there. He's missing uh, just one little. Because piece. if if two teams now you know are okay moving on with you, then it does mean that there's other things going on. Here's the thing: doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Has a little bit of flair, pizzazz, personality. Extremely intelligent, like just in terms of his ability to grasp a, a scheme. He's one of those guys who's on another level. He's headed toward a Ryan Fitzpatrick-like career, totally, and that's fine. And you know what? For one season, great. But you're not going to hand him the keys long term. He'll bounce around. He'll probably keep getting starting shots there from time to time. He'll probably spend half his career as a starter, half his career as a backup, be a bridge to younger guys. And if he just kind of plays that hand well, he becomes very wealthy when all is said and done. I, yeah, you, you give me – you have Garoppolo for a first or Gardner Minshew for a third, I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking Minshew all day long. Without a doubt. Now, a if, doubt. If, you had a, if you had a Minshew lock competition, who would win? Minshew. Probably Minshew for the same reasons that Teddy beat Locke. Yeah. More, just Smarter more with accurate. football. Yeah. yeah. Better decisions. Um. Yeah. Manning's forehead. I feel like we get one of these 
every couple months. He says, oh my God, Spotify lets you listen to podcasts at half speed and it makes you guys sound so depressed. Please try it out. Yes, that's just what I want to hear. So if, Myself if, sounding depressed. Yeah, if you want to hear us sounding depressed, listen to it at half speed. If you want to hear us uh, sound like we're, we're on coke, listen to us at <laughs> one and a half speed. Oh, as, I went, uh, as a I, commenter pointed out I last went week. Two, I went two times the speed last night listening to that Packer podcast because I wanted to see, because I wanted to hear what had been said because I saw a tweet about, oh, they talked about trading Aaron Rodgers and not and thinking that he would go to Denver. And I'm like, oh, I got to listen to this. So I got on the elliptical, put it on twice the speed. The other thing is if you play a podcast at twice the speed and you're working out, it tends to make you go faster. So like at 40 minutes, I was like, I'm like, <sighs> <sighs> and I realized I was trying to keep pace with the speed mm. of what I was listening to. <laughs> so I got so, but it was a great workout. So I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to do that over again. If you, if you want to hear us listening, sounding depressed, just go listen to the post games after the Chiefs. It's very true. You can or listen to them at any speed. Or true. there are a couple of podcasts from camp. One where you were on the hill. <laughs> one when I was in Minnesota, where you and I were just so yep. depressed about the state of the quarterbacks on this team. And I look back in that and like, we kind of, it was kind of right what we said on those days. Yes, it was. Like, I didn't have the answer. I'm so ready for energized practices. It's all, that's like number one thing for me when this new coach comes in. I want to see that first training camp practice have some energy. I'm Music. Sorry. And yes. any of their three finalists will have that. I they think so too. will bring the energy. I, Lou yeah. Drock says, my boys, quick random question. When do we think the Broncos have a uniform refresh again? It's been a while. Cheers, Charlie. I'm ne- before not before this season, before next season. I'll I, predict. I think Correct. that's going to be something that it's not going to be the first priority of the new owner, but it's not going to be very far down the list. I wouldn't mind if the new owner came in and was like, "We need a new yeah. a, a rebrand before next season." I'm I'm fully in. Yeah. So let's say we're Robert Smith, who's you know from Denver. You think he might come in and say, "Yeah, I really want to see that D." I mean, Again, he, he would probably have the insight that almost everyone loves that look. Yes. Now, I, w- I would like it to be a combination of that look and the current look because you can't deny the fact that the current look has all the success behind it. <laughs> Get rid of those stupid swooshes. Start there. But maybe that's like the navy blue that had the power in it. Maybe you got to keep the navy. Yep. I love, the, I love the navy. As Tim Patrick said on Twitter over this weekend, he said uh, he wants the all blues back. Yeah. I, I do know. too. Well, not the all blues, but the blue, the, the navy blue jersey is, to me, has the most power. To Ooh, I like the all blue. Okay. Oh, I hate all blue. I like the blue and the white as an alternate look. I, the problem with the blue is like you put them on the linemen and they look like they look like, like fat blueberries wearing parentheses on the side of their uniforms. It's just <laughs> it's visually it's awful. Now there's a simple fix, which is taking kind of the color rush template yep. and applying it to navy or lighter blue, orange, having white pants, etc. But I I also hope that they give some thought toward what are visual elements that could work in a uniform like i would like i would like to see not boldly but maybe subtly a, vert- a vertical stripe element somewhere maybe remember the patriots in the 90s kind of had like the uh, had their the royal blue uniforms but they had kind of a subtle kind of vertical thing going on in the pattern no i you don't probably remember don't, that. Like, it was very kind of soccer-esque or maybe something like where the collar around the inside of the collar has like a little vertical stripe element. Something to kind of have a nod to the original Broncos. Maybe maybe you're saying, all right, 
what can what are elements from history that we can borrow maybe it's a vertical stripe element on the inside of the collar maybe it's uh you go for the the the, the two tone the different sleeves the, to the rest of the jersey like they had back in the 60s I, i'm fascinated to see what they come up with here yeah i like the idea of taking that color rush template maybe spicing it up just a little bit mm-hmm. um making that the 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 whole outlook and then maybe keep the number font with the color rush Current right. number font with the color rush <clears throat> template. Navy blues. But then also I would be cool with that lighter blue as an alternate. You know, you've got four or three jerseys, an orange, a dark blue, a, a white, and a light blue. You know, when I worked for the team at one point, I saw a sketch of a another potential color rush uniform that was actually the lighter blue. Mm. All lighter light blue? blue? Uh, the lighter blue pants and jerseys. Wow, interesting. All right, from but Omaha. I'm glad they didn't do it because I, I looked in and, and with the it's navy blue much. helmets and much. the light, the, so navy blue helmet, lighter blue jersey and pants, it looked odd. Give yeah. me anything as long as the product on the field is better. Sounds great mm-hmm. to me. Omaha, hearing odds that Dan Quinn is the next Broncos coach is 28 to 3. Ooh, ouch. I that's, mean, we almost had a 27 to oh. 3 yesterday. That's actually a shot at Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> yeah, don't become a prisoner of a single result is what I can say. For example, the Packers offense was crap on Saturday night, right? You know what I was thinking? Don't that game? don't get don't get too hung up on that. Don't get too hung up on twenty eight three as an individual result. The whole time the Packers game was going on, I was thinking, how many Super Bowls have they cost themselves by not having a dome? Yeah, you're a passing. You've been a passing franchise for forty straight years. Yes, and <laughs> they're playing in the worst conditions in the NFL. It makes no sense. Yeah, pretty, just because like they're like tough guys. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. predictable. I mean, you you get the Packers in the playoffs. I'm, that's what happens. If guys. I'm Aaron Rodgers, I legitimately would would lean towards teams that play in domes. <laughs> they were one of the first teams that that once it got past like the end of October said we're practicing inside like every every day. Wait, 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 wait. But yeah. well not not against that, but Tom Brady, plenty of success playing outside in the cold in January and February. Yep. Not I mean he's a t- he relies on his running game and defense. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Go look at the stats and, uh, in those playoff games. And Boston is cold, no doubt, but in terms of persistently cold, Green Bay is next level from Boston. It's probably yeah. the third coldest stadium, though, outside yeah. of Buffalo and Green Bay. I mean, it's up there. Yeah, absolutely. The other, the other thing also think about is you can. And you mentioned Tom Brady in in New England. You know, Fran Tarkenton when he retired, he had all the passing records in the league in terms of yardage touchdowns. He was in Minnesota most of that time, and he played outside most of that. Oh, time. I'm not saying it's yeah. the you know it's an excuse necessarily. Well, it sounds like it. I'm yeah. just saying as a team as a team that wants to pass the ball, you should just be in a yeah. yeah, sure, absolutely, yeah. just like the Colts did. Melbourne Broncos says hi guys. So the smart money is on Dan Quinn as head coach. In my opinion, we could hire a clone mix of Reeves, Kubiak, Shanahan, Belichick, Lombardi, and still be horrible unless we land Rogers or Wilson thought of jimmy g or any others spoken about does not inspire me cheers well melvin bronco i mean i don't think any of those other names inspire people at all but it's not out of the question that the broncos don't land aaron Rodgers or russell wilson no and i agree uh all of all of this is moot as long as they don't have a quarterback and as long as they don't have a quarterback we'll keep coming back here every two to three years and doing another coaching search yep exactly from Broncos only, geez, Rogers keeps living up to everything Zach used to say about him before Zach started being kinder to him because he might actually come to Denver. <laughs> Still, I'd trade regular season excellence with postseason heartbreak for the joyless regular seasons we've been experiencing. Amen to that. Yeah, I mean, you, you take Aaron Rodgers because of what he can do, but there is something now. I mean, come on. 
If, Aaron, yeah. if in the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers does not perform. Brady's the GOAT. Not Aaron Rodgers. Of course. Oh, of so. course. And well, it's no, not, but it's that's not, not what I, that's what I'm going to say that I was wrong when I said the reverse a couple years ago. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it, there's definitely something there. Jimmy Garoppolo outplayed him. I don't know if stats will prove that. Um, but yeah, it was cold. Uh, more. I, I think the 49ers dropped more passes of Garoppolo than the Packers did of Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy Garoppolo outplayed Aaron Rodgers in the cold. Jimmy has never played him below 40 degrees. He went out there and outplayed him in Rodgers' conditions at on the road. I, I Maybe this is like a bad football guy take. I just don't even like watching cold weather football games. Yeah, that is a bad football guy take. Like, I don't care. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not nearly as entertaining. What was um, it last night? Guys in, are like dropping. in Kansas City, it was like, what, 38? Yeah, that's not too bad. Okay. It's like when it gets like below, like extreme cold. Yeah, like ten or less. I love it. It just starts getting so sloppy. You don't buy the ice bowl as a classic game, then as an all-time game. I'm sure it was. And (laughs) fifteen below zero. Yeah, I'm sure it was. But back then they ran the ball. Part of what made it a classic was Bart Starr, you know, slicing and dicing the Cowboys driving down the field in that weather and then finally uh you know calling the sneak because everyone just wanted to go home and get the hell out of there <laughs> yeah i mean respect uh, yeah. that sounds like a great one i just uh, i don't want to watch it um maybe that one but not anymore all right from beer killies <laughs> my boys i know the mentality for what i'm about to propose is propose is abnormal for the way the nfl works that being said why don't the broncos take a quarterback with their first and second round picks it is something you don't see because you want to show confidence in your guy and make them the guy. But in a draft class like this where there are no front runners, why not double your chances of lucking into a guy? I mean, that's most of what drafting a QB is anyway, right? Uh, just some debatable thought. It's been over a year since I've been subscribed, so it feels good to be back. Going to be an awesome off season with this whole community. Cheers. I completely endorse that. Keep ta- keep keep swinging as much as you it can. It fits George Payton's strategy, right? The more darts you have, the better chance you have hitting a bullseye. Yeah. So why don't throw throw as many darts as you can at the most important position? The problem is the lack of commitment to one guy worries me. Um, it doesn't make me out on the idea necessarily, but I like when a team says, this is our guy, this is going to be our offense, et cetera, et cetera. You can pick two guys that maybe have similar totally. attributes. The other thing I think you do is – how? Because here's the, here's the question: How do we get them both reps? Mike Shanahan used to have a great idea. In off season, he would divide, he d- split the team, two fields going at the same time, so everybody got more reps in. But then you're choosing your first rounder is going to go with your first team, right? So so you Should. are giving him the better opportunity. You I go think, back and forth. I think early you, you kind of like. But then why did you invest a first round pick in a guy that you don't like more than your second round pick, especially at quarterback? That's where I don't like it. What what I do like is just continue to take swings. So let's say Paxton Lynch, you find out he's not mm-hmm. the guy right when you draft him. The mm-hmm. next year, you use a first-round pick on him. The next year, if he's not your guy, you use another pick on a uh, first-round pick. I like that. Or I like what Mike Shanahan did, a first and a fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. There you're giving yourself some protection, but clearly you're going to give every opportunity at first to that first-round guy. He's going to have your entire commitment. And then look what happens if that fourth-round pick pans out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and unfortunately for them, they really got nothing out of any of it. So let's yep. so we'll talk about a couple of guys we're going to see next week. Let's say you get Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral in round one, Bailey Zappi round three. Sure, there we I'm go. I'm down. There Sounds we go. good to me. Let's do it. Uh, Bronco and SF excited about the top three candidates the Broncos have 
chosen, no offense to Gannon, I would be happy with any of these candidates, honestly. From media strategy point, why do, uh, why do you think the Broncos announced that they were so impressed with him? Maybe looking at him for defensive coordinator. Lastly, I love the Packers. Thanks for screwing up so badly again, LMAO. They just did it, in my opinion, because they have a relationship. They want to build up Jonathan Gannon. Oh, ab- absolutely. And I don't think you're going to hear the Broncos come out and uh, and say through sources or not that, you know, a guy really, you know, pooped the bed. And right, right. That's not, that's not going to happen. No buzz from the Biennemi interview. Yeah, exactly. None. Nope. Nope. Crazy. Uh, H-Town Bronco, after watching all four games this weekend, I've come to a conclusion on our head coach search. It doesn't matter who our head coach is without getting a Superman player mm-hmm. like Mahomes, Allen, Burrow to make a real run in the AFC. Without that, nothing matters, so I don't even care who they pick at head coach at this point. God bless LA for 2015, but goddamn LA for passing on Allen uh, when deep down he wanted to soul-crushing. Which is why... I do I we bro- believe that deep down he wanted Allen? I don't. No. I, I never think felt he, that way. I didn't feel that way. And look, they had him. Look, they had Allen for a week in Mobile, and he wasn't all that jazz. He got better as the week got went on. Yep. They didn't go to his uh, his pro day. Gary John Kubiak. didn't. John Gary didn't Kubiak. go to his pro day. Yeah, John Elway was at a competition committee meeting at the, at the time, so he sent Gary Kubiak in his step. So, I, but I know, that's. I, mean, I know people make a like. Oh, Elway wasn't there. I mean. If you're on the competition committee, you have to go to that meeting. I don't think if if you yeah. are in love with the guy, uh, then and you don't need to go. He said Kubiak and down the, in. Kubes was basically his eyes and ears at that point. A general manager not going to the pro day of a quarterback they love when they have a top. I don't think they loved pick, him. Pretty much. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think that points to John not loving. The real thing so. here is that they loved Justin Herbert. Well, yeah, and they and loved they, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And Mayfield did not fall to them. And Cle- Cleveland made it clear they were taking Mayfield and they weren't trading the pick. So that was out. And then you fast forward to 2020. They, they loved Herbert back in 2018. And I'll never forget having Elway on the radio the morning that the news broke that Herbert was coming back for a senior season in Oregon and him saying, well, we were surprised by that. And if Herbert had come out, I think he would have been a Denver Bronco. So you get to 2020. <sighs> And you're sitting there, and of course you're 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 picking 15. But if you really loved Justin Herbert, nothing would have stopped you from moving up to get him, right? From mm-hmm. 15 to to five or four. But they'd had the five games of Drew Locke, and they wanted to see where they that that went. And that's where the danger comes in. If you have a guy, if you've picked a guy the previous year, but you have somebody you like better in the next year. Don't be afraid to make those moves and get that guy the next year if that's who you really want. And that, I think, is understandably the trepidation that some in Broncos country have about taking a quarterback this year. Because if you do so, maybe it means you pass on what could be a deeper class next year. It's so hard for me to watch that game last night and not think, like, you just have to have one of these massive guys with a huge arm and amazing legs and, like, they're unicorns. Now you don't need it that way because yeah. Joe Burrow showed you you don't you know just the the night before. Although he ends up getting sacked nine times because he's not as good at avoiding pressure as those other two guys. Well, because he just came off the knee injury and also the for line, sure the line was so bad. That's where I do wonder if Brian Callahan, who's been known to show Peyton Manning film to Burrow, showed a lot of Manning taking sacks, but self sacks because it was apparent that Burrow was not going to do take an unnecessary risk. He'd rather take the sack and live to fight another down. Yeah, but even like going back to the Raiders Chargers game and seeing Justin Herbert make those insane fourth down plays, it's like, 
man, I feel like you need one of these guys. You and those guys don't. Those guys don't come around often anyway, so you better well, figure out another you way. You can get there without him, but it's a it's kind of a one off. Like look at the Vikings. The Vikings the, the I mean, post far Tom Brady isn't one of those guys. So right. like you can go other routes. It just feels like that's the well, way I'm the NFL is. The trending. elite quarterback, but having an elite guy. That's oh, what yeah. you, that's what you need. Because if you don't have that, you're again, you're the post Brett Favre Vikings. You can get to the playoffs, you can even make a run, a shock run to the championship game on Case Keenum having a miracle play at the end of regulation in 2017 against the Saints, but it's not something you can sustain. If you're going to sustain competitiveness and contention, you've got to have one of those guys. Otherwise, your success is going to be fleeting and occasional. And you don't get one of those guys by luck. They don't just fall mm -hmm. into your lap. Most likely, you have to invest. And so look at mm -hmm. these four guys. The Rams traded two first-round picks for a former number one overall pick. The, the, the San Francisco 49ers mm -hmm. paid Jimmy G to make him the highest-paid quarterback before he'd really even done anything for them. And then you look at Patrick Mahomes. They traded up in the first round in order to get him in the top 10. And then you have Joe Burrow, the number one overall pick. Those are all massive investments in the quarterback position. The Broncos haven't made a massive investment since they paid, made Peyton Manning the highest paid quarterback in the NFL in 2012. No wonder they haven't been good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, three of these guys left top 10 picks. Broncos have had what, three top 10 picks in the last five years? Uh, They're looking at their fourth, uh, zero quarterbacks in those times. Uh, They've tried everything at quarterback, but a premium price for one, whether it's in a trade or in a premium draft pick. They've, they've. I, I wrote, I, I was writing a piece for the Lindy's uh, draft preview over the weekend, and um, I and the thing I wrote was this: they've they've shopped in the scratch and dent aisle for the last five, for the last six years. Late first round pick, second round pick, day three pick for Flacco, day three for Bridgewater, the Vikings not wanting Keenum. If they don't stop doing that, they're going to get the same results. At some point, they need to give up a premium price, swallow hard for a pre for what they, if it's a draft pick, what they hope is a premium talent. Yeah. I mean, again, if you're looking at the, the blueprint right now, yeah. it's, uh, offensive head coach and a valuable quarterback shouldn't that doesn't seem like it's that crazy of an idea uh, Broncos have the opportunity to check one of those things off the list this week we'll see if they do of course stick with us the whole time hit us with a thumbs up on your way out we will be with you anytime big news breaks on this Broncos coaching search so you want to subscribe to the channel and sign up for alerts so you know right when we go but if you hear some big breaking news on the Broncos Come right here to the YouTube channel. That's where we'll be. We appreciate all you guys for tuning in, and we'll be with you the rest of this week. See you later. Roll out the truck and took a country drive. Now understand that you need some time. I know some landmarks we used to hit. We're flying cotton.
take you back.